All right, episode 42. That's is that a lot true? Of episodes. Yes, this is number 42. Really? Yeah, so we've got a lot of episodes. I just looked it up right before we started to sound smart, like I've been paying attention. But this is our 42nd and probably most significant episode on Digging Deeper And this Deeper is the ever. one where we're finally going to give away the free car. Yes. It's a special 42nd. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Um, there is no free car, um, but nonetheless, it's episode 42, Brandon and Pete. Yesterday was Psalm 121, which is where you landed, and dude, it was great. I've been telling a lot of people this is one you need to to listen to, to watch. Um, in many ways, you, you repackage something that's probably a common uh, encouragement in church, but the way in which you went about it, some of the history, some of the geography, just gave a different spin that seemed to really, maybe I'm just speaking personally, just resonate um, hmm. where I was at. Um, you also start off talking very candidly on the front end, you know, talking about it's kind of where you were at, um, particularly that, you know, I encourage people to listen and watch, but just, you know, I, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And, and, and who are you looking to? And ultimately, are you looking to the Lord? Um, for your source of help amongst all the other mountains. And you said this is something that you personally had been working through in your own life to refix your gaze in God's direction more so. And I just wondered if you'd willing to to start on the front end to kind of share, like more open that window for us. Like, why was this such a personal message for you yesterday? Oh, uh, well, <clears throat> man, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> Caught me off guard a little bit. I when you say <laughs> I've ever been double. Uh, like, I feel like I well, just I'm, like I'm processing because I, on the one hand, no. <laughs> when you say a personal message, um, I can look back over the past year or so and identify some of the messages I've given that I felt in my heart like this is very personal. Like I'm speaking from this place of. I don't know that I felt that yesterday. Um, I think what I ended up feeling yesterday was when I finished my message, not preaching, but when I finished writing it, um, it was almost the opposite. I, I finished it Friday morning. I was kind of dealing with some sickness this week. So I was kind of late and I kind of got it done and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, and I left church on Friday afternoon. <clears throat> we had our sledding event. And I was actually feeling inside my heart that it wasn't personal enough. Hmm. Like I, I had this sense of like, is this kind of me phoning it in? Cause I'm not feeling well, is there something here? And I, I actually, I don't know. I don't want to give this picture of me like going into a, a dark room and kneeling down and praying before the Lord, just driving in my car. I think I was just like, God, I are you even speaking through this or am I just writing stuff down? And I sat on a while and then Saturday morning I came back in and just sort of deleted the first page and said to myself, like, I don't want to get up and preach if this isn't personal to me. And so I kind of rethought some of that. And really I would say the end is what was more personal to me. And the end wasn't even in my notes of, um, it was something Saturday night that actually started resonating this idea of, just thinking about the way that <clears throat> Peter slowly began to sink when he took his eyes off Jesus. And I don't know that I'm currently, I can definitely say the last two years. <laughs> yes. Right now, am I in a lot of turmoil about the world around me? 
I'm really trying to tune it out. Um, but there's a part of me that kind of feels like, have I slowly been fading in keeping my eyes on Jesus? And then when those things do pop up, are they attacking me more, hitting me harder? Um, and I suppose if I'm being honest too, I, part of, part of yesterday was even just our staff meeting on Tuesday and me coming out of it where we had a really good conversation, uh, about, you know, just talking as a team about where we feel people are at, where we're at and hearing that from a lot of others and thinking, yeah, I can relate to that. Maybe that's something to lean into. So it was kind of a mixture. It, It actually started a little bit dry for me a little bit like this isn't super personal and then how can i make it personal how can i make this my uh, like something and um and so that's where i, I kind of went i guess and um so i don't know that's why it was a hard question i i wrestled okay. a little bit well i mean i kind of alluded to this last week or two weeks ago when robert was asking me some questions about where some of the messages i've been speaking uh, lately have come from and i think maybe that's why i resonated yesterday so much because i i just sense personally but also I would say not even just Rise City, but I would say like on a national American scale, there's a spiritual malaise that has set in amongst Christians um, and having a hard time putting a finger on exactly what is it. And so yesterday to talk about these different mountains that surrounded the ultimate mountain that of Zion where the temple was built and to look to that temple and to look to ultimately Yahweh, the God to say, he, he's where we're to look to, but all these other mountains filled with temples and all these other things we look, look to, I couldn't help but just think that there's a part of the spiritual malaise and you were, you addressed this, which is all the different things that our attention is, is caught by, we're distracted with. And, and I don't know, I guess what I want to, I'm curious about is like, I think when I talk about it with people and even our staff, like people all can resonate with, yes, there is, there is some type of weird spiritual, I said malaise, apathy, frustration. Like I, I take two steps forward. I take 10 steps back. I, I, I used to be in this rhythm that now I, I don't have that rhythm anymore. Hmm. Like is what we're experiencing is it something unique that you feel like that in, in our lifetime that this is the first time you've ever seen this since this on such a big scale or you're a historian, church historian, are there other periods of history that you say, eh, you know, this is kind of reminiscent to when this nation or Christians in this country for a long period of time just kind of felt like this, this floundering. Um, I think that I don't, I don't I'm not, <laughs> here comes Eeyore. <laughs> We are what Europe was a hundred years ago. Okay. And everybody saw that coming. People have been saying that for decades. Like we're headed towards Europe. Where, tell us well, Europe that. was a Christian. Western Europe was Christian. It was Christian dumb. It was everyone was Christian. Everything was Christian. Um, popes and church leaders had power the way that Kings did. Um, and it slowly faded and died and became a, secular nation of people who didn't really have interest in church. And now you go over there and you just walk streets of any major European city or even small little European cities. And you find all these big, beautiful church buildings that are basically museums uh, because people just kind of had enough of it. Um, And in studying church history, like one of the things that I heard a lot from professors and people who, you know, that was their field in trying to identify the reasons 
the most common reason given for the decline of Christianity in Europe was just people being sick of fighting over it. Hmm. Uh, and we've never had a religious war in America. Um, I don't, I can't think of a single time anyone's, you know, raised arms to kill yeah. another person in America, but that was Europe's story. Obviously they were killing each other. Uh, but I think that the fighting just, there are a lot of people who <laughs> go back to the whole like stupid, you know, funny Enneagram thing, different, different wirings, right? For whatever we're wired different. There are some people who are fueled by fighting <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, let's go. I think there are more people in the world who aren't, aren't yeah. who for the fighting, the, the vitriol, the anger, like living, living with anger like is like helplessness. I, like I think just kind of like, <laughs> you know, like when you're like, you're like driving your car and you're pushing on the accelerator and you're like revving the car. It's like, sometimes you need to rev the car to get it going. But if you stay on those high RPMs, you're going to destroy your engine. Mm. It's just like, right. Eventually you got to take a foot off the accelerator. And when religion and Jesus and Christianity and all this stuff is just this constant. And it, it really has been now for about 20 or 30 years. feels like, um, and maybe just COVID and all this stuff accelerated it. And I think people just like are tired of the, uh, in some ways, but I also think, and if you looked at my notes yesterday, I type them out, but then on Sunday morning, you'll always see like scribbles, little pen notes <clears throat> and the part that I had written in, in pen and maybe even should have thought it through more was even <clears throat> uh, Saturday night and then Sunday morning. I really do believe, and I don't always know how to, I, I know that we're both in this weird position because if people are engaged in Rice City Church, our jobs are benefited by it. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. for me to stand up and say, you guys should come to church. It's like, well, what else am I going to say? <laughs> I work here. But at the same time, it's like, how do I, I work here because I really do believe, believe like yeah. there is a rhythm of involvement. And so I had some notes scribbled in my page and they it came out a little jumbled, I think at church, cause it wasn't thought out, but just this idea of like, this way that Christians are coming to this place that attending church doesn't matter and all the reasons for it. And there's a part of me that understands it, you know, like, but it's also like, we're not even thinking through the way that, that, that weekly rhythm is a way that we keep our eyes set on Jesus. And it has been for a long time. And like, I'm not saying you have to go to church, set your eyes on Jesus. I mean, whatever, but I am saying that, generally speaking, the people who I see slowly starting to fade off of actually coming and worshiping and are the people who's are probably in their own heart are f distancing themselves from a really close, intimate relationship with Jesus. And that's hard to say, but, it, and I know there's people who listen, oh, it's not true of me. Okay. <laughs> but I'm speaking generally kind of is because the, the things that you practice daily and weekly and monthly in your life will bear fruit. And, I'm not saying there's some religious power in coming to church, but there is something real about being in this rhythm of constantly reminding myself, which mountain am I looking up to? And that's, that's one of the great things about gathering Christians together and singing and listening to the word preached is it's like, it's almost this like, Oh yeah, that mountain. Oh yeah, that mountain. And when you stop doing that, when you stop engaging in those kind of practices, yes, there are people who are, just so committed to wake up every morning and get in the scriptures and have their own quiet time. And if they don't come to church on Sunday, whatever, 
But most people, that's not true. Most people, the Sunday morning is the only time they were ever turning their eyes to Jesus. And now it's like, ah, oh, I go once a month or whatever, I can get there. I don't really need it. Who cares? What's the point? You know, I listen to a sermon online once in a while. It's like how easy it is to start looking to other mountaintops when that's your life. Yeah. And that does, that really worries me. Yeah. Do you feel like you said these beautiful church buildings in Europe are now museums. Do you feel like that's going to be the story of North America in a hundred years? A <laughs> hundred years or 10 years? 10 years. Okay. So you think that, that well, that's what it's we're... already the story in big cities. Yeah. I mean, I read an article like three years ago that freaked me out before COVID. It was talking about how many, uh, New York nightclubs are now old churches. Um, yeah, maybe the biggest pragmatically, the biggest difference might be a lot of church buildings today uh, would never become museums because they're almost kind of warehouses anyway. Yeah, yeah they're uh, like Costco buildings. Yeah, no I mean, desirable in, to go. I remember I went to <clears throat> I went to the World Cup in 2006 in Germany, and I remember my favorite. I didn't like soccer. <laughs> my favorite part of that trip was just seeing these beautiful church buildings. When something is that ornate and that beautiful, you're not just going to tear it down. Um, I think America, as we move forward, will probably just have a lot more churches that used to be, what used to be churches are now Amazon warehouses or I don't know, things like that. Housing, tear them down. But I do think, I don't think we're going to, I think we're headed again, the same place that Europe went. And there are still strong evangelical churches that love Jesus throughout Europe, but it's not what it was. So, and most of those churches don't meet in old buildings. And so a message like yesterday of where do I turn to, what eyes, where do I fix my gaze and where does my help come from and trying to encourage people to look back to the Lord in all things. I mean, is, is that the, is that the answer? I mean, cause in some ways, like I know we've talked about this and there's times in my darkest moments, I'm like, I think I'm on a sinking ship and I'm pretty sure that like my job, I need to find another job because in 15 <laughs> years, I don't know if we're going to have, I, I mean, yeah. in my darkest moments, I looked like that. And, and if someone's maybe even considering some of these things for the first time, like they're like, wait a minute, did, did the pastors just say they think the church of America is like going down and right. Like, so what, what changes the trajectory of the ship? So it doesn't end up like Europe. Is it just simply like what you said yesterday? I think, I, well, I mean, we're just talking, right? Yeah. You're not asking me because I'm some kind of expert on this. Um, I, I think that uh, it's not, <clears throat> my most honest answer is I'm probably the wrong person to ask <clears throat> because if you get Robert in here, <clears throat> his his wiring is just so much, more prone to optimism, seeing, let's go, we can do, you know, and my wiring is like, eh. um, I'll say this. <clears throat> there's not, number one, I have no fear that it's not like there's nowhere in the world where churches don't exist. Even in the most anti-Christian places in the world, there are churches. And it's not like when you think of Europe, it's not like there's no Christians in Europe. There's tons of Christians here. Right. <clears throat> um, it's just not this monolithic, you know, mega thing that it used to be. Um, and there will always be Christians in America. I, I think the idea of what we were is, is maybe what you need to let go of. 
Um, I also think that trends and just looking at history, what's interesting is, you know, you always see things through your own eyes and we see it through us living here in North America and we look at Western Europe. I mean, if you combine Western Europe and the United States together in population, maybe include Canada. I mean, what are you talking about? Like less than an eighth of the world's population. Yeah. The greatest strength of Christianity right now is not America. It's South America. It's Africa. It's the burgeoning church yeah. in China and Asia. Yeah. <clears throat> the church isn't dead. Um, I, I think <clears throat> what's interesting will be to see, and we're already kind of seeing it, but I think we'll see it more. I wouldn't be surprised if, 20, 30 years from now, it was very normal to meet a Kenyan missionary yeah, coming here to the United <laughs> who States. came to the United States yeah. to reach the lost. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we send people to Kenya now. There's tons of churches in Kenya. There might be a higher percentage of Christians in Kenya. Uh, and I think when that happens, like, cool, welcome, great. Hey, how can we help? Um, I have no doom and gloom about... I'm not like, oh, there's not going to be any churches and there's no reason to be a pastor. This is the best time to be a pastor. Um, I think we have to, you know, be prepared for what might it look like in a new, I don't know. I Will there still be mega churches in 20 years? There might be. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what ends up happening. There's just a, there's a small <laughs> number of huge churches. I don't know. Um, but I'm not, I mean, Jesus is still king. I'm not. Yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, right? He said, I'll build my church and the gates yeah. of Hades not prevail against it. So the promise is that the church, the, the flourishing of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ and the hearts of the people will continue on. But the medium as we know it, as far as church right now, seems to be um, less popular and prominent as it once was in this country. And yeah. And one thing I said is like, I, this is something that we have to acknowledge. <clears throat> and it's kind of like, when I think about it in my own heart, my own mind, <clears throat> there's a part of me that's like, I'm kind of angry, but I'm also like, eh, I got to own this. Right now, I genuinely, I can, I can say this 100% truthfully, I really think people need to get back in church. Like it's well, that's good. A, that was going to be my, that's a good yeah. segue, because I was going to ask about digital online church well, yeah. <laughs> versus in person. And I, and I, and yeah. I'm saying like, you go, most people know how I stand. I know where you stand on, but like, but like, <clears throat> but that's also the emerging sure. movement of the, of this society of, is technological digital based. And so I guess maybe this is a time to like, say like, what are some advantages, but also what are some things that people need to actually be aware of and like, be like cautious in and just saying, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to just embrace fully yeah. this whole online expression. Let me, this. let me, it's a good question. Let me finish my thought because okay. they might be related. <clears throat> what I was saying is, I can honestly, genuinely say, I feel like people need to come back and be a part of this and make this a part of their life. I also have to acknowledge that I, for 23 years, have been a part of a system that has generally said things like that because I wanted a bigger church and more resources and more money. And I wanted to be a part of a something big that was famous. Like that's in so many of us, right? Like when I look at myself, as much as I want to deny it, it's in there. I remember being 22, 23, 24, thinking, man, one day we could plant a church. It'll be huge. And our church's name will be on magazine covers. And they'll, you know, we'll have musicians. There's so many people right now like, there are magazine covers for churches? There are, <laughs> there are. So if this is your, if this is your world, like whatever yeah. world you're in, if you're an accountant, you think yeah, about yeah. accountants. Like in the church world, if that's yeah. what you're called to, like there are, there are, 
pictures of success, yep. which a stockbroker has. What is success for a stockbroker? There are pictures of success for someone who's called to ministry or yep. wants to be in ministry. And those success numbers are always numbers. They're always how many people come to your church. So you're thinking about how can I do things? How can I be creative? How can I, you know, whatever I got to do to get more people to come to my church? Because the bigger this church gets, the more successful I am. And I want to be successful. And so we have to sit here and acknowledge that for quite a long time now, at least my most all of my adult life, even when I was in high school and younger, I remember seeing it happen. The the especially around here in America and maybe other places, the church has become so obsessed with convincing people to come to our building so we can feel successful. The problem is it was always good to convince people to come to church because there's something innately good about worshiping God together hmm. and learning the scripture. Like there's something good about that rhythm. So it's true that I do want people to be a part of this and make this part of their weekly normal rhythm of life. But then I also have to acknowledge that a lot of them are kind of checking out because for years they've just seen us as people peddling our own goods for our, our own betterment. And it's like, eh, whatever, I can watch it on, on TV. I don't need to be, I don't even need it. Do I need any of this? And I, then I'm like, well, man, are we just, are we just, have we just shifted and now we're peddling digital church <laughs> because the more subscribers we get to that, then we'll be successful. Like, are, like at what point, like, is it like, I, I don't know. I, I'm speaking for myself. I'm also speaking for, I guess, all American Christians, Western, whatever. Like, I understand <clears throat> why people have, they look at church and like, ah, whatever, you know, like, cause we've kind of done this to ourselves. Um, and I, I feel that and I have to acknowledge it in some ways. And, uh, there was a season of time that I wasn't working for a church. I was working for a college for four or five years. And I remember like two, three, four years into it. I remember kind of feeling like, I don't really need to go to church. What I almost like feeling myself kind of check out a little bit. And now, you know, I'm back on staff. I, I understand that. And it's like, I want to challenge people to really address that malaise, that thought. Yeah. But then I'm also like, in what ways have I, Oh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> in what ways have I helped? Have I planted seeds that have caused those thorns to grow up? Yeah. And I, and I think we constantly, are wrestling like throughout COVID, like it was digital church became like, this is the wave of the future and everything's got to go completely digital and this accelerate everything. And I think there was parts of it that did. And, and now there's this like, well, you know, you can go to home Depot and it has a brick and mortar, but it also has online. So you got to kind of have this hybrid approach, but it does seem like as, as kind of the cultural tides have changed that the actual ability to be in person with flesh and blood, singing together, hopefully laughing together, maybe crying together, and, and being there with each other. There, there's something unique and different about that now than even two years ago. And and I understand the convenience part of wanting to, hey, if I'm going to be in person this week, great, but then, hey, we're going to travel, and so we can catch it online. And, and I think that's just, that's not going to go away. But there is something even about what you talked about yesterday where your heart starts to slowly drift or you slowly start to feel the, the water rising above you as you take your eyes off Jesus. That there's the medium, the digital medium, we have so much stuff that bombards us. And so I don't know if our minds can even like differentiate between like, I'm online right now watching church, but then at the same time, I'm looking at fantasy football. And at the same time, I'm also checking my email. At the same, same time, I got a text. And it's like, we're not having concentrated focused attention 
And I think that is all of a sudden the water start rising up and we're not fixing our gaze and physically being in a place at least makes you in some way channel your focus for that small period of time, which I think is really helpful right now in this, in this period of time where people are just like, almost feel like, I don't know what happened, but I'm drowning and the water got above my head without me even realizing it. I was thinking too, I had this thought today. Um, my kids are getting older years are getting, you know, they're still young, but I like, I'm at a point in life where it's not that hard to get out of the door where before I remember like five years ago, oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like I mean, getting out of the door was just a nightmare. Yeah. And then mix that with being a pastor and then you leave that with your wife. So you're yeah. like, Hey, Hey, you excited about church today, honey? She's like, yeah. When you leave at 6am and I get to take all four kids to church by myself. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing though. And I, I might remember the turns a little bit like, again, I'm, I'm thinking about, I, I try as hard as I can to remember the times in my life when I didn't work for a church because that's the best I can do to relate to other yeah. people. The work to get out of the house, the effort, the get in the car, we're going, take a shower, like let's go, come in the building, shake people's hands. There's something to it. And I... I don't want to overstate things. I definitely don't want to say things like, this is the word of the Lord. I'm just talking. But like when you put, when you put some skin in the game, yeah, it changes things. Yeah. And this just like, I think what's, this is the hardest thing for me. I know you feel this. We're, we're probably just two old guys, <laughs> you know, speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm still well, I'm 42. Saying, like, You're 44. Like, You're an just old like, man. Just like a little a whiny, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I get it. But like, I'm with you like, oh, we're traveling this weekend or whatever, whatever. Or, hey, we're, we're not feeling well or we're just going to hang out. We're, we need a break this weekend. We're going to stay home. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, yeah, of course. Cool. Big deal. I, I like that we have an online service you can watch. But what I'm really feeling and I'm feeling right. I don't need proof of this. I'm just feeling people just it's like it's just easier. It's easier to yeah. just sleep Convenient. in, watch it in your pajamas and I think like there's something, and I know again, I know I'm like we're here, we're two guys that like have a vested interest in people. I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't know that my job is directly impacted by how many show up on a Sunday morning, but generally speaking, but I like there's something even those times that I wasn't <clears throat> on staff and I was just going to church, just getting my family up, and it was sometimes this is kind of a hassle, but you know what? This is a priority in our lives, like my kids are going to see from their parents that we value taking whatever it takes to, to place God at the forefront of our lives. Yeah. And, and I, I know again, we can get whiny about this stuff and now my kids are getting older and they're playing sports, but you know, my, I, your son has a waste way worse than us with already Shep and his baseball schedule and stuff, but it's just such a slow fade. He'd be like, well, you know, we got this tournament this week or they got this thing. And, and it's like all of these things, you can like, well, I can watch it online. It's like, yes, you can. But you're also, you are creating a diet that is eventually going to establish how healthy you are. And I just think a lot of people, because of everything going on, are starting to eat poorly when it comes to their relationship with God and what it means to really place him at the center and do things that show like he is king of my life. He is the primary, most important relationship that I have. I, I And I don't want people who have legitimate reasons why they can't come or whatever to, to feel put off by this statement because I realize there's always, but generally, just generally speaking, 
the more I see people just kind of be like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'll come in and watch it online. It seems like it's almost a symptom of a bigger issue of like, is Jesus really the most important relationship in your life? Or has that drifted? <laughs> have yeah. you taken your eyes off him? And what's now following is how you spend your time, how you spend your money, what you do things is slowly starting to fade to other things. And yeah. And again, I think that we can own some of that and say, have we done a good job? And I don't just mean you and I, I mean, as Christians, have we done a good job of really helping people see that, like, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and commit your life to this? Uh, I just, I don't know. And I wrestle with that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I think going back and to your sentiment of even being a father, like I, I do think about the next generation and like when we grew up, there wasn't Sunday competitions with all these other things that were planned. Like they were still yeah. built into the fabric of the culture of Sunday being a day of rest or at least people go to church, but you didn't plan other things. We now, we have not yet seen the fruit of what it looks like when the culture has said that's not the day to rest and people are torn with, do I choose church or do I choose my kids' sports or whatever it might be, go to the beach, I mean, any of that kind of stuff. And so what does it look like a decade, two decades from now when a generation of kids has been raised and they've seen a flexibility of commitment that gets wrapped around. Or are we seeing the fruit of it? Well, we are. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, yeah, we are. Seeing, we are, are the seeing twenty the, and thirty I think somethings. I, you're probably right. We are part yeah. of the fruit. But now it's like, oh my goodness! Like, what does that look like as it continues to accelerate? And now the digital church has been an option. Like, so it makes it even more convenient that everybody can now say, "Hey, you know what? We can do all these things and get our church sometime." And I and I. I struggle with that because I, you know, I did, yeah, like you said, have vested interest and all that kind of stuff because I'm a pastor and all this, but, but I really try to look at it, like, how will my kids see the bride of Christ as they grow up based upon the patterns they've experienced in our household and what example they've seen? And, hmm. and I, and I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them, but I, I want to make sure that they have a foundation. And I think that like, at this point, granted, my oldest is 12, yours is two, and you talk about Shep with baseball. Like, I'm thankful for this part, that they understand why we say no to things. Mm. And I hope that stays, and I hope that they continue that pattern with their kids someday. Um, I think one, sorry, one balance to this conversation too, and because he's in the back of my head all the time. Uh, I want to make sure, like, because if you had no other context, it could just be like, you and I sitting here saying coming to church is the most important thing. Um, yeah, I no. love the challenge that Robert brings our staff. I love that Robert challenges us to think it's not all about a weekend service Yeah, coming here. Yeah. And I'm, and sometimes I think he thinks I, I like to argue. <laughs> sometimes I think he doesn't, maybe he's like, Pete, do you even agree with me? It's like, of course I agree with you. I, I, <clears throat> I absolutely believe that a healthy diet of, of being a committed follower of Jesus is much more than coming to church on Sunday. And one of the most impactful things we can be doing for our kids isn't just bringing them to church, but it's serving with them. It's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm excited this weekend to go build a house in Mexico with my kids and your kids. And yeah. um, the way that Robert is challenging us to be like, we also need to be serving. And and I, I think I, I, in no way do I want to have anyone listening to this podcast think that I've like, you know, well, forget about that. You just need to come to church because a lot of kids grow up in homes that coming to church on Sunday morning is it. Yeah. <laughs> and that empty form of Christianity is nothing worth hanging on to. And they quickly abandon it. 
Whereas kids that grew up in families, it's more than just coming on Sunday. It's all the fruit that comes from all the other things, the involvements, the, the serving opportunities, the giving, the, the engagement throughout the week and throughout the year. Uh, it's more than just showing up on Sunday. I think what is maybe being, what we're really focusing in right now though, is in some ways that Sunday morning is sort of the, the, maybe the first step for a lot of people, the easiest, most yeah. basic. And when you're losing that. The problem is so many of these other what things are following it. Too. Yeah. It's not just that people aren't coming on Sunday. It's that they're not quite as involved in life groups. They're not giving as much. They're not um, going on service projects. When we have it, like it's almost the yeah. whole thing is, can be a little bit connected. And um, so, yeah, I, that's, mm. I just wanted some balance there as well. Yeah. So. so I want to, I want to finish this episode a little different because I had a feeling <laughs> that the the heaviness would be a part of the front end. I was like, you know what, we gotta we gotta not just end this thing with just like doldrums. Thanksgiving's Thursday. And uh, you know, gratitude is a great way, I feel like, at times to get perspective and lift the spirit. But also, you know, as people the primary people who watch this are Rice City Church, people who come at Rice City. And I don't want at times for them to misinterpret us either to be like, oh my gosh, like our pastors think this, 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 and this, or this is about us. And I am super grateful mm. for the church we pastor. Yeah. And I just thought it'd be fun for just the last part of this episode. Like as we get ready to have Thanksgiving and gratitude, like I also to bring balance to even what we've been talking about, just to spend a couple minutes, what are we thankful for with Rise mm. City? And if it's people's names that come up, if it's different things in the church, but like, John, you're behind the camera if you want to shout something out. But like, seriously, like I was just like, I also want to like, there's these moments that you're like, oh, I feel this heaviness of spirit. But at the same time, when I take a step back, I'm like, but a lot of these things I even feel that are in, right in front of me aren't indicative of the majority of those in this church. Like this is a flipping fantastic church and great people. Yeah. And so I just wanted to like, hopefully people are still listening, watching, like, what are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for with Rise City? And John, like I said, jump in and let's just finish that way. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, sorry, just real quick. Like it is true that maybe one thing that people might struggle with to understand where sometimes you and maybe I'm coming from is we're in a field like that sees the whole field. Yeah. Like, so when we talk about church, it's we're not, not just, talking about Rise City. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing like what's happening in America and Canada and yeah. Europe. Um, and oftentimes there is a part of me that f almost feels kind of guilty because <laughs> I hear horror stories. And I'm like, I don't know. Rise is a great place. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people have moved and left the state and things, but I, we have a great church. I, uh, I feel very confident in our church, uh, and, and love being a part of it. Um, I think the thing I, the thing I'm, I don't know, people at rise take ownership and get involved. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, I don't know. I think I would have quit a long time ago if being a pastor just meant I, it, well, you're the pastor, so do everything. And I love being a part of a community of people that, um, so one, there's this, there's this guy, uh, Jeff Mueller on mm -hmm. our security team. He does a ton of stuff. Like Jeff's always sending me emails about new ideas to help the church do things better. <laughs> like he sent me one yesterday. He's like, Hey, can I get a floor plan? I'm trying to think of ways I can, you know, and it's just like, he's not getting paid. Yeah. There's no salary there. Um, and he's just one of so many people that uh, are seeing 
this community <clears throat> as the people of God and wanting to give his time and his life to it. And with Jeff, I know he's going, he's got so much stuff going on in his own personal life that he's dealing with and he's choosing to. And so I, I just, he's, he's a name that popped into my head of just somebody that's like, it's just cool to see. And he's not alone. There's so many people like him. Yeah. And we did this sledding event the other night and, uh, I helped set up with you. You and I helped it set up. Yeah, my back, I, my back felt it. <laughs> like, man, I, when we got done and the snow was done, I spent like two or three minutes kind of showing the first set of volunteers. And then I didn't do a thing until 830. Yeah. Didn't did nothing. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Walked around, kind of hang out, talked to people, did nothing. And we just had all these people who were just like, yeah, I'll serve. And afterwards, people just stayed and yeah. were throwing hay bales back on trucks. And Chris McCauley is like, I'll take the wood back to my house. And I was just like, oh, thank you. You know, like yeah. seeing people who's, who view this not as something, it's not our thing, it's their thing. And they're mm -hmm. part of it. And that makes me thankful. And even, you know, I, I know it's awkward and it's weird. I'm just amazed at how generous people are here financially. Uh you kind of keep waiting for the bottom to fall out. <laughs> Is this the day people are going to stop being generous financially? It's like, nope. Um, and that's so encouraging because when people give financially, it, yeah, it helps pay the bills and things, but it also, it speaks something. It says that, okay, you're in this with me. I don't know how to explain that. It's like these people, like we're in this together. And I, seeing people's generosity, both in their time and their money is just, it's cool. It's a great thing to be a part of. Yeah. Jean. Yeah. Come on in, Jean. Come on in. Uh, I have two people I think of and one thing. Um, Nathaniel Pitcher. I know you listen. Who's super skinny Nathaniel. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like 75 pounds. Um, but along the same lines, he has just donated his time, his resources, his knowledge just to better yeah. the experience, if you will. You know what I mean? Just, but like, Oh, this system makes more sense or this cable makes more sense or this, you know, um, and coming into my role and immediately kind of having him come up to me and just kind of offer some suggestions. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm leaning on you for a, a lot. Um, and then also like former employee, but has kept around is Lee Sherman. Yeah. And he's just. He has been former employee just for clarity, not because he was let go, he left, he but left. he had yes. another job. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, he has not withheld a single like secret that would make, put him in a better position to maybe get hired again or anything like that. He's yeah. all of his knowledge he's given to me, um, which has been super grateful. And then, um, the people in this church, and I think it comes from the leadership of this church, um, lead with grace and, that has transformed my life and I've seen it transform other people's lives that they mm. were expecting one thing to happen. They're expecting judgment or they're expecting discipline. And instead they received grace and like, all right, let's do this together. Yeah. Um, and that transformation is way more impactful than just judging someone or disciplining someone to change. Yeah. So that's what I'm grateful for. That's awesome. Yeah. I would say all those things you just said, those people, I think of, you know, you mentioned, people just just give so much I, th I think of like janelle malig the women's ministry i think of your wife leading mother's ministry and i, I think of you know jim nichols and, and michael lee Wright and the whole men's team um i i i'm thankful that I, I don't really understand it but i've been getting these prayer requests from this like knight's round table and there's i think there's men in our church that like act like they were like who's that king arthur 
Who who had the Knights of Templar yeah. or whatever? Is that my, King? My favorite is that how some of them don't realize when they send the email, it comes from their person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's been a couple of those. That's great. But either way, but but there's there are guys that have kind of taken on like this anonymous identity to say that we're here though for you and weekly a couple times we got to get prayer requests or not what would i pray for you about i think of like michael um magara and sarah and just the way that they went down to mexico and you know i think of brian fordyce and all the people who've been going down all those trips and and anytime you come into like our foyer area it doesn't matter if it's a high attended day or low attended day like there's a there's a vibrancy, there's a buoyancy. I, every new person I ever interact with and I send emails to, generally when they come back and say, hey, what stuck out to you? They're like, man, so-and-so came and said hi. Or someone, I felt so welcomed at your church. The 150 plus people that serve in our kids ministry every week. I think of Ashley Pedroza and Ralph Goodrich who have to be outside when it's 98 degrees, you know, with the kids of volunteers. And there's just so many awesome people I think of guys like Kurt LaJoy who, man, he can cook with the best of them, but he he's so excited to do that. Or um, Susie Suarez, who's been doing that. I mean, they're just, I just keep saying names and names. And I, I just, I would say, I just, I'm thankful for this church because if the expression of the church in, in, in our lifetime changes drastically, what I've experienced here at Rise City and God willing will continue to experience, I do believe this is church. And I do believe that there are people embodying the ways of Jesus. And I do believe that we are choosing to ultimately fight the good fight, even though it's a fight and it's hard. Hmm. And um, even with all the people who have left to see how many people still are here and engaged. Sure. Is it frustrating that some people have checked out or people online? Yeah. But like overarching majority, I just really thank you, Rice City Church, because seriously, like <clears throat> it's an incredible place. And I, and I love so many people. And I just, I don't know, just this Thanksgiving, you know, we are very grateful and thankful for all of you. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Gratitude changes pessimism really quickly. So um, anyway, that's how we'll conclude episode 42 at the 42nd minute mark. I mean, we are, what? There you go. That was planned. It's a sign from Jesus. It's a sign from Jesus. So, what's the sign of? Um, <laughs> this coming Sunday, we're launching a new series for the next five weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. Advent, just kind of anticipating the coming Savior. And uh, Robert will be kicking off that series as Pete and I are actually going to be down in Mexico with the Mexico Home Build. Um, but man, excited to have Robert kick off that series. So he'll be on digging deeper next week with somebody, probably maybe Jean or I don't know whoever. And um, um, be good. Yeah. Just have an awesome Thanksgiving. No, we're super grateful for you. Thanks for watching and listening. And uh, yeah, let's keep moving forward together. Right. See All you guys. Right. See you.